Hi Friday fellows, it's Rachel and I'm back with another podcast. I'm really excited for you to listen to this one. It's with Christy Carter and she's a member of the class of 2011 and also one of our newest board members. I know it's been a while, but I think that this interview is going to be a good initiation back into consistent podcasts. <laughs> and I'd love to hear your feedback, and please let me know what you think. And, and if you want to be involved in the podcast, even better, totally reach out and let me know. And thanks for listening. Chrissy, do you want to talk about what you do professionally here in Asheville? I work for JNT Engineering and Planning. It's a started out as a traffic engineering firm. Um, the guy who owns the company is a dyed-in-the-wool, nerdy traffic engineer, um, but that's not the only thing that communities around here need. So we, he added a planning component, and so I run the planning component of our company, and that means I just do work with local governments, and I do a lot of bicycle and pedestrian planning under that umbrella also. So I split my time between just typical local government stuff and then bike and ped and healthy community type stuff. Oh, is it a lot of, like, with the municipal part of it, are you doing, like, it's communication, lots of back and forth? So, um, long-range planning, ordinance work, um, helping a community think through how do you want to grow, how do you want to change, um, what's working for you, what doesn't work for you. And I do a lot of that under the umbrella of transportation planning, but it doesn't have to be. I'm working in a community to do their um, comprehensive plan, and that's just think, helping them think long-term what they need to do about um, infrastructure, transportation, growth management, variety of different questions under that umbrella. As a matter of fact, yesterday our t- I put a team together to compete for a project. It's what's called a complete street. The Livingston Street Project is a complete street project, um, which means that it'll take into consideration transit, sidewalks, bikes, and cars. So how do you get all of them through there? But the challenge of it is... It's through an African-American neighborhood, historic African-American neighborhood. It used At one point in time, it used to be the business center of the Af- African-American community in Asheville. And in the late 60s, early 70s, it was one of the biggest redevelopment projects in the southeast. It's a transportation project on its face, but the context of it is much bigger than just how do we get bikes safely from point A to point B or how do we get pedestrians safely from point A to point B. So that happens everywhere then. <laughs> It happens mm-hmm. everywhere. It doesn't happen quite like, I mean, yes, it still happens in different ways, but it doesn't mm-hmm. happen like that. And there were some That's lessons learned through urban re- renewal. So it's still currently very heavily African-American, mm-hmm. really low income. It's pretty low, low income. Um, I mean, from a health disparity, from a health disparities aspect, it's, you know, they have some of the highest poor health indicators mm-hmm. in, in our county. Um, you know, 30% of the people are on disability. It is a food desert. It's one of our, our probably one of our, well, I don't know about county-wise, definitely one of our city's biggest food deserts. Um, you know, and that's one of the challenges of this project is if you know, spend all this money on improving the road, but that doesn't do anything to really help them get to a grocery store any easier, um, that's some of the challenges to get the project. We're just competing for it right now. Interesting. Um, how does your uh, your experience in the fellowship come into play when you're doing work like that? I think if I had competed for this project before the fellowship, I would not have been two parts. One, I just probably wouldn't have been as sensitive to the context, and I wouldn't have had the language to talk about the context. So 
Oh, I didn't know I was getting, the, the story I was getting ready to tell is that there was a guy who was on the interview committee who was telling another story about watching a grandfather and a kid, and he could see them kind of pointing, and what he assumed was that the grandfather was pointing out to the kid, you know, this is where my house used to be, this is what this used to be, because in these two different neighborhoods in Asheville, that's kind of a thing people do, is like, you know, so-and-so's barbershop used to be here, so-and-so's funeral home used to be here, and the question he was asking us as a team was, how do you, how do you deal with that in a road project? How do you tell that story, or how do you acknowledge that? And um, that led to a conversation. You know, there's some things you can do. You can do historical markers or do, like, those panoramas where you stand at one point and you can look and actually see what used to be there. So some features, some, um, you know, just attractive features that you can put in, but also, like, at least even acknowledging that in the planning process, that there's sadness behind that mm-hmm. and that, 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 you know, thinking about the timing of that, it's not that long ago, and there are people who still live in the area who have very clear memories of what happened then. And to ignore that is, you know, it's easy to ignore. We're saying we're just we're just working within the right of way. We're we're just doing the road. And I probably would have been aware of that before the fellowship, but even more aware of it and having the skills and the language to be able to talk about it okay. in a better way. And your fellowship experience in general was. How would you explain it? It was good. <laughs> you had a good time? I had a good time. Sometimes. No, it was it was definitely it was good. It's something that I have fi- I find that's a little hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Like when people say what is it? I'm like, um, it's this thing and you do these weekends and it's it, and I can talk about the language, but it I think one of the challenges is unless you've been through it and you say, "Oh, it's about integrity, inclusion, and intentionality." People yeah. are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So that it's a little bit difficult, and um, I mean, they're, they're, I think most of the changes are very subtle, like kind of the, the before and the after, but collectively all those little subtle things, a lot of language changes, a lot of just being more open, kind of understanding that everybody has their story, and it, it's made me more understanding, made me more open, and possibly a little less judgmental. <laughs> It is easier. There have been times when, like, if I'm kind of dealing with something, I haven't had to do it in this job, but there are a couple of times in my other job of, like, or things that I'm doing outside of work of, I'm not quite sure how to handle this. And if there's this network and it's it's people that I can have a conversation with and not have to bring the person I'm talking with up to the level of how I want to talk about something. Um, and so that's really nice just to have that shared language and that shared understanding of, like, you know, I can think of I was doing some nonprofit. I was on a board, and there was just some there were some hard issues that I was having to deal with on that board, and had to just kind of call some people in. And thankfully, living here, had people you know, not in my class, but just all around that I can call from, and they understood where I was coming from and where I wanted to go, and it made the conversation easier because I didn't have to kind of do, spend a lot of time getting people up to speed. So let's talk about some books that you're reading. What you reading? I'm reading Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's what I'm reading. I will say the most, like, going back to a work thing, a book that I just read was called Walkable City, and so I'm plugging that to everybody. Um, is it about kind of what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I made my job change is that where my passion really lies. I mean, I like being a planner and doing typical local government stuff, but I like it. It's not my passion, but what 
this job allows me to do is what is my passion, which is doing bicycle and pedestrian and trail work um, and helping communities think about how do you accommodate all of these users in the system. And, mm-hmm. and for me, and this is something that I don't talk about at work much, but making a place safe for pedestrians, making a place more bikeable, giving alternative means of transportation, that's a justice issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't talk about that at work because that's not... I work with engineers. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not a, not a, not a um, I don't want to say it's not a shared value, but it's not a language that, uh, don't speak the same language <laughs> as that. But, um, but it's, it's, it's a way to make community better for all people. Mm-hmm. And that's what guides what I do. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I mean, and part of the justice issue is that getting people to to think that everybody has a place on the road, and it's it's you know the, the not everybody can afford to be in a car, um, and we almost criminalize people who are on bikes, and a lot of people for a lot of people that's their only choice. So, um, is it legal for bike bikers to just bike anywhere? Anywhere. Yeah. Wow. No, not on um, yeah. not on the interstate. I mean, yeah. there are some places that you can't bike, but yes, you have. Through, I mean, like, communities and cities and unless, that kind of stuff. Unless it's a gated community with private roads. But if it's a public road, yes. <sighs> Do they have to veer to the side? They have to follow the rules of the road. They're a vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, and so it, um, they don't have to. The law is that you have to stay to the right much as possible. Sometimes right. that's not possible. Um, some cities have ordinances, but those are city ordinances. They're not state ordinances. But our state does not value cyclists. Do you want to talk about your favorite place in North Carolina? Favorite place in North Carolina? I mean, I love living here. So that's I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to, to live in Asheville. I think if I had to pick, like, a favorite place that is just out of this world would probably be Cataloochee Valley in the Smokies. I'm fortunate to live, I mean, I'm fortunate to live in Asheville, but I'm, a for, I'm fortunate to have worked all over Western North Carolina. So it's kind of like all these little tiny out of the way places, um, places to go hiking, places to go biking that are just incredible and off the beaten path. So maybe I'll just say Western North Carolina, leave it at that. And if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Right now, I've been obsessed with Terry Tempest Williams, so maybe her, mm. possibly Mary Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I always fail at this question. There are lots of people, and when I leave, I'll be like, oh, I should have said this. Oh, I should have said this. <laughs> um, yeah, one person. It's so final. I think Mary Oliver, is what, didn't she ask, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Just the fact that she would ask a question like that would make me want to have dinner with her. What is a song that you've heard more than any other in your life? I have no idea. I don't know a song that I've heard more than any other. I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of repetitive songs or songs that have been sort of like general pop culture songs, or just something that's um, like a plot that's like the song of Chrissy's life or the song that you go to. Um, Windfall by Sunvolt. What? <laughs> What is that? <laughs> it's a song, okay. Big Windfall, by a band called Sunvolt. Okay, Windfall, Sunvolt. Yeah. Is it like a current band? Yeah. Is it um, like it's a... Not, it's more kind of probably... 
It might they might be considered Americana. Um, ah, okay. It's not. I mean, they're they have a big following, but it's not like huge pop pop. It's not pop music. Interesting. Cool. Well, maybe we'll close the interview with that song. That way, we all know. And it's called. I'm sorry. Say that again. Windfall. Windfall by, by Sun, Sun Volt. Volt. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. And I'm gonna yeah. end this with Windfall. Windfall. By Sun Volt. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Keeps you running, never seems to die. Trail spent with fear, not enough living on the outside. Never seem to get far enough, staying in between the lines. Hold on, what you can, waiting for the end, not knowing when. May the wind take your troubles away May the wind take your troubles away Both feet on the floor, two hands on the wheel May the wind take your troubles away Hey